Kutchen, and welcome to Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. You're listening to episode 28. This is a podcast intended to compel the army of God to love and protect the church. Folks, love is a battlefield, and sometimes we just need to pause, sharpen our sword, drink a good cup of joe, and remember that we are not fighting in this war alone. We all want to make an impact for the Lord, for our families, for our churches everywhere, and of course, ourselves. Every other Friday, we talk here about one way to do that well, and today is no different. Today, I'm going to speak to a hotly debated topic and discuss what I have noticed and seen from other Christian evangelical authors and influencers when they address this topic in a public format, usually their social media platforms. It utterly disgusts me and makes me sick. I have tried to squirm my way out of addressing it head on, but I simply can't keep watching and not speak truth into it. Listen in. The seed that provoked this episode conceived on June 30th of 2020. It was an Instagram post and coming from an aspiring Christian writer who was part of the same writing membership group I was at the time. This writer had followed me, liked my posts, commented sometimes, and seemed down to earth overall. I don't remember the picture or even her handle anymore, but the caption I can never erase. She was taking advantage of the last day of Pride Month and wanted to express her solidarity with those, quote, whom the church had treated horribly and unfairly, end quote. She stated that she wasn't just throwing out the overused platitude of, You gotta love the sinner, but hate the sin. No, she took it a step further. She was saying that Christians really messed up when we decided to limit the love of God and tell people who they should grant that love to. She also claimed that we did a, quote, disservice to the homosexual crowd by shunning them and verbally oppressing them, and she was personally sorry that she had behaved unloving in the past, end quote. She invited anyone that chose the homosexual lifestyle to her home and that she would welcome them with open arms and have a real conversation about God's love and learn how to benefit from each other. Okay, you guys, my blood is boiling as I type this. There's so much there I want to unpack and defend, but it doesn't end there. Just one week ago, I saw another post written by a Christian influencer, writer, sharing that when her sister, quote, came out, end quote, as a lesbian, they didn't know how to respond and treated her differently. This writer was now hoping to turn over a new leaf, accept this as who her sister is, and learn to love like Jesus. In a very long post she wrote to her sister, she called her sister brave and having the courage to come out and thanked her for her patience as her family learned how to love her rather than reproach her. I am over it. Do you hear me? Over it. I am sick of Christ followers condoning and making excuses for sexual sins. Adultery is wicked. Fornication is wicked. Pedophilia is wicked. And homosexuality is wicked. There is nothing brave about acting wickedly. It's all sin and it all needs to be seen as sin. Why is the church so accepting of this? If you had a close relative that was a pedophile, 
and you had children to protect and raise for the glory of God, would you let them in your house often? Would you consider them brave for sexually abusing children? Would you sit them down at your table and ask them how you can show love to them and that you are willing to accept them as they are? No, that is what we would call insane. If you had a sibling or close relative who was having sex before marriage, would they know your stance on it? Would they know that anytime they come around you, you have some truth to share? Would you tell them you thought they acted bravely when they sinned against God? God doesn't accept sin. We must be clean through the blood to come before his presence. This will never change. Sin is not the standard. His righteous, sinless blood is the standard. When you sin, you lose blessing and favor from God. It separates you from protection, the armor of God, and spiritual discernment. Sin isn't a joke, and it's never, ever acceptable. The ugly fact is that we have accepted homosexuality, adultery, and fornication as cultural norms. Will we also accept pedophilia as a cultural norm? It's up to us, the light bearers. Folks, it's really quite simple. The devil has lied to them, and they have believed it. Homosexuals have chosen to believe God messed up and didn't give them the right desires, the right gender, or the right chromosomes. They are convinced that the lie they are believing is the truth. So who's going to tell them the actual truth? I hope the ones that have the light of the gospel. If we don't speak up, who else is going to? Exactly, the folks with all the lies. Oh, wait, they were already given that chance, and look where that got us. I didn't say, don't love them, stop speaking to them, or pretend they're not sinners. What I am saying is, love them like you would any other sinner. Love them like Jesus would. Thank goodness we have an example to follow in John 8. A woman was found taken in the very act of adultery. After all of her accusers threw their stones down and left, we get to my favorite part of the story. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. They can be forgiven, just like you and I can be forgiven. They can be rescued from their sinful lifestyle. There is no need for us to send lightning bolts of condemnation on them. Pray for their souls like you would an unsaved person. Love them enough to fast and fight for them on your knees. The truth is the only thing that will break down the lies. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. The only thing that will shatter the lies and dispel the darkness is the light of the truth. It certainly takes grit and fortitude to speak even an ounce of good old-fashioned truth these days. It's not enough at times to share the good news of the gospel and watch in starry-eyed awe as it does its beautiful, transforming work. I'm not saying that the gospel isn't enough, but I am saying that sometimes you must disrupt the work of the enemy first by making ruin of the ramparts fortified with lies before you can shoot the gospel gun. You need to break down some of their defenses before you can set off your truth bomb inside their heart. What's hard for me is knowing when 
or maybe better said, how often? I don't mind speaking truth, obviously, but not everyone wants to hear it or even listen to it for that matter. Do I speak truth anyway, knowing it might fall on deaf ears? Do I just take on every battle and every argument, believing God will work despite my shortcomings and their darkened understanding? 2 Corinthians 4, 3-4 has really helped me form a decision around these questions, at least temporarily. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan has already placed a blindfold on their eyes, heart, and mind with the intent to keep the truth hidden. We have no way of knowing how many lies they are believing, but if we don't start sharing small pieces of truth to the lost, then the gospel will remain hidden to them. The most encouraging part of this verse is lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. You see, Satan knows the gospel has the indisputable potential of reaching them and diligently works to keep the lost distracted as long as possible. When the truth shines down on them and the gospel is finally presented, will there be enough foundation laid, seed sown and watered for the lost to accept the truth as the truth? I am going to speak life-giving truth as often as I can. Will you join me? Now, to give you some extra grit to tackle your assignments this week, do you know what a shot in the dark is? This is a fortified coffee drink in which espresso is combined with normal drip coffee. Usually a regular cup of coffee is poured and then a couple espresso shots are pulled to make a deliciously courageous drink. That's it. That's all it takes to make a shot in the dark. I personally like to add one pump of flavor to this drink so that I taste the sweet and the strong at the same time. Go ahead, drink up, espresso yourself with a shot in the dark, and go light up the world with a spark of truth. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, I post weekly to Instagram, where you can find me at author Anna McCutcheon. And you can also find me over at AnnaMcCutcheon.com. We provide a transcript for each episode, so if you know someone who either can't hear or prefers reading to listening, you can download the transcript at AnnaMcCutcheon.com slash podcast. Just click on episode 28 for this one. Today's last piece of grit will come straight from me. Father, give these precious soldiers the grit and grace to walk in truth and live the truth. May they claim the power of the cross and make it their own. You came to seek and to save the lost with the gospel, not hide it. Disengage our pride and neutralize our fear as we approach those chained in darkness. I ask that your love overpower every surge of worry and every shade of fear in the lives of every reader and listener. Teach us to lay aside all our excuses and love our neighbor the way you love us. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.